Greetings to the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Cruz. And as an ambassador of the Kingdom of God, I am so honored and excited to be with you again, as it is the will of the King, both politically and spiritually, because we represent a government that is the Kingdom of God. Welcome back, fellow citizens. I petition that our king has visited you in some way this past week. And I would just ask that you meditate and think on something insignificant that occurred in your life this past week. That's not by chance or coincidence. God loves to take care of his children. No matter how insignificant you may think it is, God's grace is sufficient for all things. So let's continue with uh, this topic of, of talking with about Elijah and, and, and depression. You know, I, I didn't think I was going to spend this much time on it, but I think this is something that we have to spend time on because so many people are dealing with this. And if you don't think you are, um, and you may not be, but if you, you know, if you're experiencing, you know, mental anguish, you know, anxiety, all these different things, you know, after 2020 happened, these things are prevalent. You know, I, I see it in, in our household. I see it in Abigail, uh, our daughter, you know, my wife, and, and even in myself now. You know, and, and it's all for different reasons. It's not because of 2020, but, you know, I think after that, you can see the world today. It's it's going through anguish and people are suffering mentally. You know, that's just one area. There's a lot of suffering going on in different ways. But um, the one I'm just talking about today is is, is on the mental side. So, um Let's get right into it. Uh, we're, we're in Elijah chapter 19. And last week, you know, I kind of covered how Elijah, how he fled uh, Jezebel after uh, she spoke to him about killing him. Right. And because of her words, as she said in um, verse two, starting in verse two of chapter 19, it says, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this morning, by this time tomorrow. Right. So he had just killed 400 prophets that worship Baal. Right. And King Ahab went and told Jezebel and this was her words. You know, instead of the king, this was her word. So, um, but it put fear into his heart and he wanted to, to run, right? And this is just after he slaughtered with the sword 400, you know, so he was, I'm sure by the time he heard these words, he was tired, right? And when you're tired, and you start going through and hearing things, you know, you react, your reactions are, they become different. 
And that's just an assumption. But, you know, when I look at things from my perspective, with what I'm dealing with, with being a caregiver, it's like uh, the first thing I, I suffered was sleep, was meals. And those are the things that, you know, you only have 24 hours in a day. And it felt it feels like I need more time to do things. And the thing that I gave up was was rest. And I, 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 I was running on that. So I think, uh, you know, I think that's the main reason why the first thing that the angel of the Lord did for or the angel uh, 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 did for Elijah was made sure he got plenty of rest and he ate and drank, you know, so he took care of all of his physical needs first. So that's kind of what we, we discussed last week. But uh, this week, we're going to talk about how the Lord spoke to Elijah. So it ended last week where, you know, uh, the angel of the Lord came to uh, Elijah a second time and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and he ate. And he went on strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Hebrid, to Horbrid, uh, the Mount of God. So, you know, the first thing that God did was give him, gave him that rest, gave him food to eat and drink, right? So that he can make this journey to that Mount, uh, to the Mount of God, where he wanted Elijah to go. So let's pick up in uh, verse 9 of chapter 19. And I'm going to read it all. So it's going to be quite a bit of reading. But I hope you're able to follow along. And if you don't, just uh, sit back and take a listen. It says, The Lord speaks to Elijah. It says, There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous of the Lord and the God of hosts for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Throw down your altars and kill your prophets with the sword. And I even, I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand, <clears throat> excuse me, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and the brook into pieces and the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in a cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, 
am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And all the Lord and the Lord said to him, go, return to your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel to be king over Syria and Jehu, the son of uh, Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elijah, the son of Sopat of Amalalah, <laughs> you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. Forgive me for uh, some of my enunciations of these words. I wasn't born in and, and I, I, I'm just not perfect at it. Uh, verse 17, it says, and the one who escapes the sword of Hazel shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes the sword of Jehu shall Elijah put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. That is the end of the word there that we read. And there, there's a lot there. So let's begin back up in verse nine and go back, you know, and, and go back towards the end of the story here. So one of the things that the Lord did once he told him, he told him to go out to the edge of the at the edge of the cave. Right. When he did that. He passed by and when the earthquake and the fire. And one of the things that I noticed here in the word is that Elijah wasn't afraid of any of those things that occurred. It didn't say that he was afraid, that he trembled, you know, that he bowed down. He didn't do any of those things during that chaos of that. Right. But it wasn't until those things ended that the voice of the Lord came to him and he covered himself. Now, this was the same thing that Moses did, you know, when he was in the presence of God back in Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 to through uh, 23. So Elijah here actually experienced a manifestation, a manifestation of God where Moses, um, you know, he didn't get that same manifestation, right? Because when Moses went up to the mount to, to speak with God to get the commandments, he didn't eat at all for 40 days, right? So God had him doing the job, doing his assignment without food, right? This time, he sent someone else for 40 days, but the manifestation of God was there, right? So God fed him, gave him food for the 40 days and the 40 nights, but he also gave him an assignment afterwards. So, you know, that's just some parallels there. And then when you look at the parallel of, of, of our Lord and our Savior, our King, Jesus, that same parallel falls in line with this. So that's why you always want to see Jesus in 
the stories because all these stories involve Jesus. Right. They always point back to him. So one of the lessons that we need to learn and that I've learned uh, through this is that. Even though we have an enormous amount of things and activities going around in our lives. God is not in those activities. Now, he's working behind the scenes, but he's not in those the chaos. The He's not in the chaos of activities. Right. It, it's like when when Jesus was in the boat. And the disciples were with him and they were caught up in that storm. And Jesus was at the bottom of the boat asleep. None of the disciples decided to go down to the bottom of the boat where Jesus was sleeping. To say, you know what, I'm going to go sleep. With the peace, but instead what they did was stayed on top with the chaos and the storm. You know, they should have went down and. It'd been nice to know if one of them just went down and say, you know what, I'm just going to go down here and go go to sleep since he's asleep peacefully. There must be some kind of peace there. So I'm going to go sleep, too. All right. So that's one of the things that I, I, I I've always had peace what we're dealing with. Right. I've never been concerned and neither has my wife ever been concerned about the brain cancer. You know, once we found the tumor, you know, and the doctors told us about it, the only thing we could think of is, okay, we're going to have the surgery and we're going to go back home, right? And then that's just kind of what we, we've done. And we've managed to work day by day, live day by day with it. But when you start thinking forward, that's when your heart and, and, and depression and anxiety and all these things start to creep in. So for Elijah, the same thing kind of happened too, right? So it's like God, when he spoke to him, he asked him, he's like, okay, what are you doing here? When he had his attention in that quiet moment, he told God again his issue, his trouble with his heart. And God sat there and he listened to it. But one of the things I, I noticed is that God didn't provide an answer to him at all. Right? Instead, God knew that he had enough strength because he's been eating right. He knew that he had enough strength. Because he's had rest. And he said, I need you to go back to Damascus. Go back to the point of where you were distressed. Go back to that point and continue the assignment. So when I look at that, it's like my heart is heavy right now. And I, I'm looking at my assignment with my daughter, with my wife, with my personal life, just me as a man, you know, my own personal uh, self, and then my job, and 
and and the spiritual condition of our home, right? Because we haven't been inside a church facility, but I can guarantee you that as the spiritual leader of our home, we don't go a day without being in the presence of God, speaking about God, you know, um, because we haven't made it to the building for corporate worship. We definitely spend our time in private worship as a family. And I do as an individual. Right. And I, I just wanted to add that because it's even though, um, you know, she's been she's still really sick. Her, her her blood levels are still at severe levels. So being around a lot of people is just not ideal. And then I, there's no way right now I can even leave Abigail um, at, at a daycare facility at the church. Uh, she's having issues with, you know, being around. She She loves people. She loves kids as well. But her separation anxiety is so bad to where if I'm going to the next room, she panics and she she's crying crocodile tears. So it's like right now it's virtually impossible for me to do that. And, and we're working on that with therapy for her, um, you know, right now. But those are some of the things that that we have to deal with. But uh, back to the text. I kind of veered off and I apologize for that. Um, you know, so when when you look at where God sent him back, he sent him back to go do this. And then he told him exactly what he wanted him to do. He says, when you arrive, you shall anoint three people. Right. So his assignment was to anoint three people because he wasn't going to be the one to finish getting real of Baal out of Israel, right? It wasn't until Jehu uh, was anointed that he was the one that ended up finishing the, uh, you know, getting the execution of Baal out of Israel, right? And and that's really important in understanding that. But one of the things that, uh, let's go back up to verse 10 to 14 where he said that uh where he actually <clears throat> the lord had said well no i, I want to go back to where elijah viewed the israelites as rebels against the mosaic covenant so that's back up in 14 you know so he he actually wrapped himself with the cloak and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord of hosts because the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Now, when you want to go back, you know, as I told you how the Old Testament is concealed and New Testament reveals. Well, Paul actually used this same context in Romans 11 and three. And this is when he was talking to Israel. Uh, giving the word to Israel, right? And he was also talking to Gentiles. But in verse 3, what he said here, let's go through Romans 11, and we're going to pick up in 
verse two. It says, God has rejected. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know that the scriptures of Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have demolished your altars and I alone am left and they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But it but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. So Paul here. He's he's an Israelite. Right. So he feels the same way right now because Israel is rejecting. Jesus. Right. So you see the parallels where they were rejecting God in the Old Testament and now the Israelites here are rejecting Jesus. The Jews are rejecting Jesus. So at this point, he started talking to the Gentiles. And this is how we became engrafted in. Right. Because of their disobedience, it allowed us to experience and be engrafted in with this grace because we accept Jesus. That doesn't make Israel an enemy of God that just makes that what occurred to save everyone. Right. Because God is still going to save his people. Those are his people. Israelites. Israel is his people and he's going to save his people. But what he wanted to do was save everyone. So because of that, we're, we're, we're able to experience this same grace. And this is how we get engrafted in is through this small remnant of people. Right. So that's how it reflects back from Old Testament to the New Testament. And that's kind of important when you start looking at stories Look at where it's utilized in the in the New Testament so that you can see Jesus through the stories and how you can apply it to your life today. If it's for you, if it's not for you, if it's for Israel or if it's for you, not every promise in the Bible is for us. All right. Some of these promises that we claim that are for us are not for us. They're for Jews, the, 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 the Israels, you know, for Israel and not for, um, uh, forgive me for the terminology of Jews, but, uh, but they're for Israel, for the Israelites, right? So we as Gentiles, you know, we, we can still know that we have promises of God, and I know that, you know, dealing with this depression, that this promise that I have from God, that he's never going to forsake me, is the same promise that he has for you and for other listeners and for everyone, right? And this has been, you know, when I like to, let me read a quote real quick from... Charles Spurgeon. I know I read a quote from him before, but I like how he put it. 
and I'm going to leave it right there. So, quote, this is from Charles Spurgeon. This is uh, some commentary that he have on uh, an article that he calls Elijah's fainting. It says, I do not wonder. It says, quote, I do not wonder that when the day's work was done, he was very weary. And when the news came that Jezebel had determined to put him to death, his heart sank within him. As he has risen high, so he fell low. And as he had soared, he must descend. It seems to be the way with us all. We must pay the price for any joy that we experience. We cannot have great exhilaration without having some measure of depression afterwards. Do not condemn yourself if this is your lot. Do not excuse yourself if there is any measure of unbelief mingled with your depression do not condemn yourself for what is really as natural as a result as the retirement of the sea after the waves have kissed the cliff it must be so night must follow day winter must succeed to summer and joyful spirits that rise aloft must sink again we sometimes wish that we could always keep on the level ground where Some of my dear friends live, you know, I love often envy them, especially when I've been down in the dumps. But when I've again ascended to the heights, I have not envied them in the least. At such time, I would have pulled them up with me if it had been possible. But that I could not do. So, dear friends, you may depend upon it. You cannot be Elijah upon Carmel without the probability that you will be Elijah under the Jupiter bush. Before long, the great prophet of fire proves himself to be only a man after all. And in the timing of testing, you also will be as weak as other men. I couldn't have said it any better. And. I understand that in this week moment, this week time, this is the biggest spiritual fight that I've I've gone through. I think that the longer I've my my walk with God, the stronger uh, and the harder the trials are. Because when you want to please God. The things of the flesh become your enemy. And it makes you disappointed. You feel like you're missing out on something because that's what the enemy is. That's his job. He wants you to, you know, hey, you can be like God. You will be like God if you just do it. You know, make your own decisions. But when you want to please God, At the end of the day, you can tell them your angst. You can tell them your problem. You can tell them your concern. You can tell them why you're mad. But then after that sentence, you just go right into it and say, not my will, but thy will. The same thing that our king showed us on the cross, right? He asked for that cup to be taken away from him. And then there was a comma. 
and didn't and didn't punctuation is important. There's a comma there. Not thy will. Not my will, but thy will. Right. Then there's a period. So. He understood. That. This pain must he must go through this in order to experience joy. Now, you may say, well, I don't want to go through pain to experience joy. Well, this joy. Is an internal joy. Right. This is not a. You know. A worldly joy. Happiness is only circumstantial. Right. As long as your circumstances are good, you're happy. But that fades. But one joy that doesn't fade away is that eternal joy. Being with the king. Right. And and having God to to deal with us in a way through sanctification, which is what trials are for. Trials are sanctification periods to make you more like his son. And if you're willing to go through that and stay with it, which is what I am. What you're seeing and what you're hearing in my voice is is a part of that. It's a part of that, that angst that I'm, I'm angry at my flesh because my flesh is telling me this. But then I'm happy because I'm, I'm doing what God wants me to do. You know, I have a covenant with my wife that I, I, I need to, to follow, right? God doesn't break covenants. So I'm trying not to break mine, right? So, and I don't want to break mine. I want to follow through on my covenant, right? So I have a family to take care of and, and I, I have to do that. And every day I wake up, my strength is renewed, but my flesh is exhausted. And it's telling me as soon as I get up, oh man, you got to do this all over again today. You, you don't have anything to look forward to. Right. And that's the thing that I'm telling God and and then he'll send me somebody or someone to call or, you know, like last week I get a notification uh, from my bank that a brother, you know, uh, my brother Bobby sends me money. And then I text him. I was like, hey, did you mean mean to send me anything? He was like. Stay kingdom. Keep the kingdom going. And, you know, it brought it just brought tears to my eyes and it, it made my heart. It humbled me. It made my heart joyful. And it and that's it's not because of what what he sent me. It's because that was God. That was God saying, man. Here. Here's a pick me up. And it's it's the thought that someone thought about me. Right. My coworker coming by my office saying, thank you. That was a pick me up. That was God saying. Hey, keep going. Keep pushing. If you need anything, keep pushing. 
right? I had a another coworker who put a cup on my desk, a, a, a tumbler. He put a tumbler on my desk and it, it had a verse on it. I don't have the cup in front of me, but it 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 was it was God's way of saying keep pushing. You know, and that was that's all within a week. One week, last week of each other, right? Days. So those are the little things that that grace, that that nurturing grace that our king does, right? Because he's he's dealt with that before. Right? And he's going to God and he's telling him, you know, hey, this guy is he's he's a warrior. Right. And that's just what I feel like that. That's what I'm hoping that he's saying about me. You know, sometimes my thoughts aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. Right. I'm my fleshly part. Like I said in a couple of podcasts before our flesh, it wants what it wants. It doesn't matter what it is. It wants what it wants. And I don't feed it. Right. I joined TikTok and all these other different places of of social media trying to get, you know, the podcast to to get it out to the masses so that, you know, my job is to try to save souls. That's the reason why I put the altar call in there. You know, I, I don't want all the people that I know uh, listening to it. I hope they do because it, it, it strengthens your character. It strengthens you as well. But, you know, most of the people I know are saved. They know Jesus. They believe in Jesus Christ and, and and God too. So, you know, I'm trying to reach people who, who don't know God. And then the ones who do know, I'm trying to help help strengthen your relationship with God because every trial you go through is a is a period of sanctification that God hopes that you use to become more like his son. That's the goal. That's the goal. And I hope that the story of Elijah, that you can see, you know, that our Lord and Savior, he's he's always with us. And and he's never going to leave us. Right. If you're one of his sheep and you want to be a part of his sheep. You know, um, He's going to be around to help you. And I want to place the altar call in. That's going to be all that we're going to talk about today. Um, Those of you who have ears to hear the call of God at this moment, and he has asked you to be willing to submit to him and become a part of the kingdom, repeat this confession after me. I confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. That's Romans 10 and 9. And if you said this with a deep personal conviction, without reservation that Jesus is sovereign over me and everything that I have in my life, this phrase includes repenting from sin, trusting in Jesus for salvation, and submitting to him as Lord. This is the volitional element of faith. 
And I pray that if you said that after and repeated that confession, congratulations and welcome to the kingdom. Being a part of the kingdom is a wonderful thing. And knowing that you have eternal life with the king, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing above it. The walk may be challenging in the natural, but you have a God and a Lord that is going to walk you through every single thing. So kingdom citizens, I pray that this week that you will see God working in your life the way that I see him working in mine. You have to pick up on that. So until next week, kingdom citizens, may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. Blessings.